Let's take this guy who's never even thought about being a commentator. And make him our commentator. I'll be interviewing the fighters as they come out of the octagon. I mean, I didn't know what the f I was doing. And I'll also be previewing the fights. Because you're an actor on a sitcom. Are you fighting in an Ultimate Fighting Championship? No, or are you no, no, I just interview the fighters. Why'd you take your pants off? My balls were hot. I understand. It truly is an honor to welcome back to the broadcast team here on the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the host of NBC's Fear Factor, Joe Rogan. Like, it's kind of hilarious that I'm a commentator for MMA. Everyone back here is very excited, and I can't wait for this thing to get started. What if I told you Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. Had a bigger impact on MMA than the original founders of the UFC. And another guy who deserves a ton of credit for helping build the sport during our is Joe Rogan. What ultimate fighting is, it's the actual sport of fighting. I only watch one sport. There's some aspects of martial arts that are extremely technical. The nice thing about you being part of this today is that it's monumental for your return. Like the ultimate fighting championship, you know, you got a referee, and if it gets out of hand, it's very safe. I mean, no one in, in all the... <laughs> What's up? He's a brilliant guy. He does his homework and he knows what he's talking about. I've yeah. called over a thousand fights. I f***ed up a bunch of times. Oh, man. Listen, I didn't know I wasn't a loser until I started winning. Until I started doing martial arts. He was very instrumental in helping uh, build the sport. It's like mm. the first thing that I ever did where people like respected me and they liked me for it. I mean, I think he's the best ever. But if he's so great, why so much controversy? Rogan is under fire for some new comments from an episode this week. Joe Rogan needs to be fired from the UFC commentary team immediately. Joe Rogan is now facing criticism. I just don't think Joe Rogan is in it like he once was. This is the full story of Joe Rogan. Come on, just touch it once. I will forever always be the Fear Factor guy. I don't want to do commentary, man. I'm here to get drunk and watch people kick the shit out of each yeah. other. That deal sucks. And I'm just here to answer one question. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. How did a young comedian turned controversial podcaster turn us all into UFC fans? Thank you, Jerry. I'm here with millionaire slugger Frank Valenti. You already make $6 million a year. I don't care how many millions of dollars a year you make. At 27 years old, struggling comedian Joe Rogan landed roles in two sitcoms. Well, ready or not, here comes Hardball. Where's Hardball? What's wrong with Hardball? Yeah, you were on a baseball show. I gotta make it while I can. What if I get injured? I gotta live the rest of my life on 12 million bucks? It was about a baseball team, a fucked up baseball team. Frank, what are you doing? Did you read his jokes column today? Look at this. It was an ensemble show, but I played the, the star player. Valenti, what is so interesting on that TV? I think I just won the lottery. Unfortunately, Hardball was canceled after just one season. Oh, man! But Joe's second sitcom lasted five seasons. My guest tonight uh, plays Joe, the dim-witted electrician on NBC's News Radio. I'm an electrician at a radio station. I got a lot of free time to kill, you know? News Radio was the big break Joe needed. You can't take something off the internet. What? It's like trying to take pee out of a swimming pool. <laughs> Believe me, I've tried wooing women. Well, maybe you're not doing it right. Do it the same way everybody does it. You go, woo! Joe played a lovable and hilarious street smart handyman for a news radio station. Joe, what are you doing? Fixing the copier. Why don't you uh, fix it over there? Because the light's better over here. <laughs> Damn, everything's better over here. Logan gained a lot of notoriety for his performance. I, think I pulled my tricep. Does that look okay? Does that look normal? Around the same time that a certain sport was gaining a lot of steam. Ladies and gentlemen, you are about to see something that you have never seen before. The Ultimate Fighting Challenge. Two years before news radio, the UFC was born. These guys are experts in what they do. They've trained for years, they're champions. And despite right. the fact that we start standing up, the person that commands the fight is probably going to be the person who is skilled in grappling. 
you're probably going to see jujitsu, in my estimation, at its best. Hoist Gracie! This thrilling new sport came with two big problems. How popular is this sport? It's extremely popular. It was exciting and captivating. It's the fastest growing sport among men, I think 18 to 34. The fastest growing sport in the world. And they always talk about the UFC, 100% adrenaline, 1,000% pure guts. But it was also really taboo. John McCain had come out with this whole thing. McCain came out and said, what it was at the beginning was human cockfighting. It was. You can't put on these unregulated fights with no athletic commission. He just could beat on the UFC and get as much press as he wanted. The last person on earth you want to butt heads with is the government. And it wasn't like people were coming out and going, keep the UFC. This is human cockfighting here. It's sort of like human cockfighting in my view. Fan ultimate fighting. Back then, that was the biggest problem facing the US was the UFC. This narrative was destroying the UFC's image, but it didn't really matter because if you were a fan of martial arts, you couldn't look away. I used to teach martial arts for a living. Before I became a comedian, I used to fight. I'd always been a martial artist since mm. I was a kid. I haven't been in a real fight since I was a kid. Well, I started off in karate first. Okay. I was obsessed and I, I became a black belt in two years. Fought in a lot of Taekwondo tournaments. I won the Massachusetts State Championship four years in a row and I won, um, I think it was called the American Open, which is a big tournament that I won. Had some kickboxing fights. I mean, if anybody looks at my record, I had three kickboxing fights and I don't know how many Taekwondo fights. A lot. And so um, I just was interested in watching the UFC and then I started training in Jiu-Jitsu. I want to ask you about, I'm looking at the the plug, the thing that you're here to promote tonight, besides news radio, it says the ultimate fighting championship. Well, the third member of our broadcast team, the star of NBC's hit show, News Radio. That's when uh, I got hired by the UFC to be a post-fight interviewer. He's a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo. None other than Joe Rogan. I'm back here right now backstage. The first event I worked was Dothan, Alabama, UFC 12, 1997. I'll be interviewing the fighters as they come out of the octagon. We were in a like auditorium somewhere. It was like maybe a thousand people scattered in a 2,000 seat place. And I'll also be previewing the fights. I'm, I'm curious about that because you're an actor on a sitcom. Are you fighting in an Ultimate Fighting Championship? No, or you no, no. I just interview the fighters. Who would you like to fight, if anyone, in the future? They are anticipating a wipeout in the finals. Back here live with Ensign NUA. Congratulations. How important was it for you to win the first super fight where two wrestlers meet? There's always been questions in the martial arts like what if a karate guy fought a judo guy or and what the Ultimate Ultimate Fighting Championship did is say, let's find out. So he's out, and, Carl, and Tito Ortiz, the winner of tonight's earlier alternate bout, is in. We're here with the champion, Frank Shamrock. Congratulations on an unbelievable upset, perhaps the greatest upset in UFC history. They're great athletes. I mean, they have, like, Olympic gold medalists and world jiu-jitsu champions and, mm -hmm. and boxers. Dominating victory and an unusual strategy. The world-class wrestler comes out kicking. You came into this fight, you know, a first-timer, and you looked like a veteran. It's amazing. Joe loved being a part of the sport. So, uh... It gets, it gets pretty intense, I mean. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Guys, I'm back here where the adrenaline is thick. The fighters are back here warming up, and it's very exciting. Because ultimate fighting, explain this to people that don't know, ultimate fighting, you can do whatever you want. There's not no anymore. No, it's not exactly that way. This is like the most unbelievable card we've had in a long time. This is going to be, I think, one of the best UFCs ever. You have to understand how much of a risk it was for someone so early in their TV career to attach themselves to something people didn't understand. The early days, MMA wasn't a good career move at all. Like, the people that I I was working with on news radio they would talk to me about it like I was doing pull what ultimate fighting is is it's in a cage it's in an octagon and it's like a combination of boxing the minute and you wrestling. say it's in a cage yeah. you lose people's respect <laughs> well, why? why are you doing this you you, you go into Alabama to do some cage fighting commentary like what the f are you doing you know you got a referee and if it gets out of hand it's very safe I mean no one in in all the 
What's up? But it didn't matter because Joe loved it all the same. They have a huge problem with censorship. You know, a lot of the cable companies are keeping it from being aired. Because, you know, the image, you know, fighting in a cage. Everybody goes, well, what are you, crazy? And what is that? It's human cockfighting, but it's not, you know? Right. They're really skilled fighters. You know, just couldn't sustain his involvement. But I only did that for two years. And then I quit. It was just too much. I couldn't do it anymore. It was costing me money. I would make more money uh, doing a weekend at a comedy club than I would doing it doing the UFC. I just decided I'm just going to stay a fan. So Rogan went right back to his other passion. What's happening, you fucking cowboys? Comedy. You want to scare me? Show me a movie of something that could really happen, all right? Show me a movie like a big guy with a big dick chasing a little guy in a locked room, right? In the meantime, Joe finished his time at News Radio in 1999. My path has been set. I'm gonna go up to New Hampshire and kick some little alien ass. And in 2000, he released his first comedy special, I'm Gonna Be Dead Someday. Hey, let me open up the car door for you like you're a f***ing cripple. Well, that'll stop after we start f***ing. It was a hit. He's got no bills, no taxes, no stress, no problems. That's not an American Olympian. Tanya Harding, that's a real American Olympian. Joe got a ton of notoriety. Don't lie, nobody grows up. You just get tired from work. That's all that happens. Joe was a big enough name now that he was even in talks for a sitcom called The Joe Rogan Show. I swear to God, my buddy says, he goes, dude, like, I guess if you just get like so much pussy, eventually you just want to suck it. The show didn't take off, but it didn't take long for a different opportunity to come along. Let's talk about your show. Fear Factor. Fear Factor. Fear Factor. I'm Joe Rogan. Welcome to Fear Factor. I will forever always be the Fear Factor guy. Joe became the host of one of the most extreme shows on television. It was a giant hit. Huge. Like, immediately, it was a hit. The debate on the set would be like, how much blood should they drink? She decided, I'll eat three worms. Like, we negotiated yeah. the three worms. Uh -huh. The most insane idea for a television show I've ever heard. The thing about Fear Factor as opposed to, you know, a snuff film or whatever is no was hurt and everyone enjoyed it. I thought it. I would be a good good fit for it because I was, you know, I'd just been on NBC for news radio. Huh? Did anyone bleed from No! That? No one well, bled. It was a preposterous show and I always thought it was going to be canceled. If it's exciting, if it's entertaining, people will watch. If it's not, it'll go away. You're going to make people eat animal dick. If they won, they got $50,000. I would get this, like, pity in me. Like, God, I, w I wouldn't want to eat an animal's dick on TV. Right, yeah. I, wish, I wish these people, like, didn't need to get their credit card debt paid so badly. Did 148 episodes. The show was the most vile program ever to air on a major network. I don't want to do this to them. It's not my idea. There's a couple of times where I told them don't do the it. People who did it had a great time. You sick dogs on people. <laughs> launching a car through a moving train. They all did it, and they willingly did it. And if they didn't want to do any of the stunts, they could have backed out at any time. They kept ramping up the difficulty of stuff, throw people off buildings. How many kidneys can someone eat? The stunts were too extreme. One is tempted to strap the star and the producers, that would be you, into a pit and cover them with rats as punishment. That show's entertaining. They had to drink donkey What the fuck? This is this was, was a real insane. TV show. Joe only did the show to get some quick cash and to gather material for his stand-up comedy. I got the gig was because I made fun of it. Like everybody else was trying to like be spooky. I was like, this is the most insane idea for a television show I've ever heard. This is going to be canceled immediately, <laughs> and I'm going to have all this material about. Remember when I used to host Fear Factor? What he didn't realize is that this show was going to make Joe Rogan a household name, free to do whatever he wanted. It was good because I didn't have to worry about money. Like when I was doing Fear Factor, I, I didn't enjoy the job. The fun thing about Fear Factor was when the checks came. That was a great job, but it was a job. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I was doing it for money. The good thing was it gave me f you money. And then when you don't have to worry about money, like you don't worry about your choices. So it gave me money where I had money squirreled away. I was like, ooh, I can relax now. Now I just do what I want to do. 
And what I wanted to do was like these MMA shows. It truly is an honor to welcome back to the broadcast team here in the Ultimate Fighting Championship, the host of NBC's Fear Factor, Joe Rogan. With no worry about his next paycheck, Joe could return and re-embrace his passion for mixed martial arts. Our old sideline guy interviewing the fighters years ago, Joe. Back again. This came courtesy of Joe's newfound friendship with UFC president Dana White. Dana and I have known each other for... What do we meet in like 2001 or something like that? Yeah. Dana White and I became friends because I was on Fear Factor. Well, we couldn't have a better relationship. This is like when the UFC first started going to Vegas. They started putting on shows in Vegas and I would go there uh, with my friends. And Dana White somehow or another found out that I was a fan. He would give me free tickets to come to the fight. Hey, we'll fly you out. We'll give you free tickets. I'm like, Fuck yeah. And that was back when you guys had just taken over the company and you were just sort of trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with this thing because they were very small at the yeah. time they were trying they were hemorrhaging money and they were trying to build it up and so we started going and hanging out with them came down to watch ufc we started talking shit, and i knew so much about fighting joe rogan was so first of all passionate about the sport you know i was talking to him about fights going on in japan have you ever seen sakurai have you ever seen sato fight you watch pride what do, what do you watch overseas you know this guy and I, and I was bringing all these names so i started talking to him about all these crazy fights that he had never heard of and then dana and i went out to dinner and he was like do you want to do commentary do you want to do commentary why don't you do commentary I don't want to do commentary, man. I, I'm, I'm here to get drunk and watch people kick the shit out of each other. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work. I'm not here to work. In his crazy mind, he's like, let's take this guy who's never even thought about being a commentator and make him our commentator. I'm a huge fan of Ultimate Fighting, all mixed martial arts. Literally, I, I don't care about other sports. If they made basketball illegal, it wouldn't even bother me. And he talked me into it for one show, a UFC 37 and a half. Phenomenal. Fight. Yeah. I can't even believe it's real. Yeah. I can't even believe it's gonna happen. Uh, it's gonna happen right here because ah. the UFC is as real <laughs> as waiting. it gets. Oh, wow. That was the first time I called a fight. You wrap your arms around that leg, you lose control of that guy's upper body. I did and the first 18 shows for free. It's better than Fear Factor. Fear Factor sucks compared to UFC. <laughs> I don't care. I'm hey. telling you the truth. I did it for a while, like like more than a year, like maybe two years. I did it for no money. I just got free tickets. This, to me, this is like Christmas, my birthday, Happy New Year. I don't, I don't like other sports. They're boring to me. Everything else pales in comparison to the excitement of mixed martial arts fighting. I said, look, just get me there, get me my friend's tickets, and I'll do it. And so that's how I operated for like, uh, like over a year. And then I just became the commentator. The only edge I give to Belfort is that he's fought bigger people. He's fought Tank Abbott, Trey Telegman, Scott Ferrozo. He's fought large guys. I didn't have any training at all in sports commentary. But then again, Chuck Liddell knocked out Kevin Randleman right, with one right. punch. Yep. I just would see what was happening and start talking about it. Nick Sarah is looking at Benji Raddick like a pimple looking at a sandwich. I mean, I didn't know what the f*** I was doing. This is what I do before everyone. <laughs> Everybody understood stand-up fighting, no matter what happened. Punching, kicking, elbows, we all get that. The big thing for us was when it goes to the ground, how many people are really going to understand what's going on and what they're seeing? There's some aspects of martial arts that are extremely technical, especially jujitsu. What are people booing? See, this is a problem. People don't, they're not educated yet as to what's going on. You've never done jujitsu. You don't know what the hell they're doing. Not to blow my horn, but I know what's going on. Joe Rogan was so good at walking you through what was going on before it even started to happen. I can give expert analysis of ground fighting. I have to decipher which is his left leg, which is his right leg, where is he tied up, where is he tangled. He's trying to get his left leg over Benji Raddick's right shoulder and lock it down. And I'm doing it in real time while I'm trying to be entertaining and talking. It's very complicated. So to have a guy like him 
behind the mic, he was very instrumental in helping uh, uh, build the sport. Nobody taught me how to do it. I just figured out how to do it. I saw you act like a kid today. I saw you become a big fan again. Your passion is true. It is unique and it is sincere. Well, I'm always a big kid when uh, the UFC's on. It literally is my favorite sporting event. It's my favorite thing to watch on television. After that event, Joe's commentary became a staple for a great UFC event. What a comeback! Wow! That might be one of the greatest comebacks in the history of the UFC! And Joe's reactions to fights became progressively more meme-worthy. Outside of the cage, Joe is a powerful advocate for athletes and the sport. It's sort of like human cockfighting in my view. How is that human cockfighting? You know what that is? That's actual fighting. You boxing guys, oh, it's human cockfighting. What you don't understand is your sport is getting swallowed. It's getting no, swallowed that, by that, a greater, more efficient, BS. more spectacular sport. And his comedic persona was always refreshing in the sport. Short black trunks for Jones, white trunks for Guzmau. Or black guy Jones, white guy Guzmau. That was said by Joe Rogan. Yep, Someone nope. spilled ice in the octagon. That's a big problem. That's a lot of ice. Oh, no. This is good. Look at that. They knocked the bucket over. This is the three stooges. Look at that. Oh, no, Speaking no, of Portuguese, no, no. Okay, uh, that's Japanese, bro. Oh, really? Thank you. Can I wrestle Joe Rogan? And if I win, you come to Sweden. Huh? Sure, get up here, bitch. <laughs> if he was a girl, you would say he has a badonka dog. What happens if you tap? That's all I want to know. What do I get? I black out before I tap out, bitch. <laughs> Whoa. You are a funny man, by the way. Thank you. You're funny, too. Nah, Sometimes you. unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> But most importantly, he was with us in our homes for every monumental moment. It's the new 
gentlemen, welcome to the Machida era. Triangle, watch out! Triangle, this is trouble! This is trouble! Can he choke out Chael Sonnen? Chael Anderson Silva finishes his legs. fight! He's got his legs across. That's what's... He's tapping! Shogun's badly hurt by Jones to the body. And it is all over! John Jones! That, ladies and gentlemen, is the future. Watching his pupil here, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. You are the first ever UFC flyweight champion. And what a performance you put on tonight, man. Ron is an expert at prying those arms apart. Liz 20 has got seconds. And explode and get her arm out of there. Rousey. More pressure. She's running for it. She got it. It's all over. That was well earned, Mike. That was a real fight. That wasn't a gimme by any stretch of the imagination. What an incredible performance. You want to talk about a kid rising to the occasion. One of the best examples I have ever seen in all my years of watching mixed martial arts. Tonight, we saw TJ Dillashaw reach his full potential. Relax. Smiling. Oh! oh! Core memories solidified that we all love Joe Rogan. I love everything about this sport, and I love you, Joe Rogan. Well, I love you too, buddy. I mean, I think he's the best ever. Very excited. I'm, I'm, here, I'm here with Joe Rogan. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. Wait, what podcast? Hello, world. Way back in 2009, Joe Rogan launched the Joe Rogan Experience. Nobody's watching this. We have 10 people in here. Trust me, it's important to the story. You have to go back and understand the history of what was going on. Joe didn't realize that not only did he begin the number one podcast in the world, but he created a stage for mixed martial arts. I got two guys going into a cage that are going to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Whenever anybody asks me who's the best fighter in the world, you're the guy. I appreciate it, man. For a choke, at this level, I'm not going to stop it. And then they said, well, what kind of martial arts? So I wrote 
mixed martial arts referee. What I saw, I saw everything that would indicate I'm seeing an unconscious fighter. If it's any kind of other submission, I got to see a dislocation, separation, or it has to break. Giving martial arts a spotlight was Joe's way of building the sport outside of his commentary obligations. That was my dream when I was young. That's why I did UFC. I wanted to be the stronger man in the world. And I signed, <clears throat> I signed my dick one right there. I was like, look, if this is how I die, this is how I die. Because right now I have a mindset to I want to be world champ. I want to be the greatest. I want to kill in the cage. Well, how can you fight with one hand? But you can't fight with one eye. The leg kick didn't knock him out. Asked him, I said, was that the end of the second or third round? <laughs> and they're like, this is a fifth round. I was like, no f way I'm in that good of shape. Joe gave a voice to UFC champions, legends, and everyone in between. Yeah, Hello. 93. This is when I started fighting. Imagine that that's wow. how old I'm a freaking fossil. Nobody could have imagined from uh, looking back from my life that uh, we're going to get here. You ever slept well before a fight? Never. Never. Only one time. Which fight? When I fought Matt Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> and I got knocked out. <laughs> I guess once you get knocked out one time, you just, they throw you to the side. Mentally, I was not in the best state of mind to go on there and, and, and be a champion. And that's why I was taken from you. And there's a picture of me, like, quizzically looking at him. I'm like, I'm going to kill you after this. <laughs> the idea of my fight style, to be able to win the fight made the fight uh, very beautiful from the technical side. Just high-level martial arts. So I'm not the type of person to run away in the fight. I'm the type of person to meet that fire head-on. There was videos out, then it looked like I was faking. I'm like, guys, I didn't know there was a protocol. You were still allowed to fight bare knuckle. Yeah, yeah, yes. but I wore gloves because yeah. I hit hard. I shake left, I shake right, and I'm sitting in the ambulance and they're asking me, uh, do you know where you're at? I'm like, what the and with this much access, Joe filled in the gaps of a lot of stories. I have never lost a round of fighting. And and when I say that, sometimes a guy will laugh, you know, because I've lost some fights. The issue is, can you become a champion? If you can't become a champion, are you comfortable with getting knocked out three or four more times over the next five or six years? Worked on sports psychology, got hypnotized. I was never the same. So I see, I've seen them break big blocks of ice like that. That's a dangerous level. We can't have that. I actually started uh, MMA training as just a keep to keep fit while I was playing rugby league that was when I was 214 pounds so what did you do for striking you want you really want to know what I did yeah you know the USC game I'd be like oh yeah this works in the game and I'd be like look I tried this in the game and it was working let's try it when I was in the UFC when I fought for the world championship at 135 I also working a full-time job suddenly Rogan made UFC fighters accessible he made them human the saddest place to go it's the gym I would party one week before every fight and I did it throughout my whole career. I put so much pressure on myself about being perfect. You get to a certain point to where people start putting expectations on you. And my logic was, if this guy were to beat me somehow, um, I, I can look myself in the mirror and say that, well, I lost because I got hammered the week before the fight. It was hard for me to get out after being in there for 20 years. I mean, that's your identity. Most people that, that we talk about aliens, they, they completely think you're crazy. Sometimes I'm, I'm looking at the clock and it's like the clock advanced like a four hour or two hours. There's a time zone that I don't remember what happened. I've always, I've always wanted to ask you about the George St. Pierre stuff with UFOs. I think it's head trauma. Yeah? Yeah. There's no getting away from that. It, that is the unfortunate reality that every fighter accepts. There's no getting away from that. Joe's podcast essentially did three things for the sport. First, if you were already a fan, you loved the UFC even more. She looked at me. She said, Sean, you're the, re you're the reason why they build prisons. On paper, on paper, you put down my stats. No one's going to pick me in a fight. 
What the f*** is this guy? Plus, it doesn't take up too much of your time. You know, you got that. You want to see a body real quick? Bam, you know, and it's over. Then the podcast made you interested in training martial arts. There's a bunch of different types of martial arts that emphasize what you call self-defense type martial arts. Okay, so so say I started to go to a fight gym. Like, where would I start at? Like, um, what would I do? What about Krav Maga? Is that any good? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah you don't definitely. hear much about Krav. Well, it's a combination. It's a self-defense system. I would say you should try jujitsu because it's fun. It's really good exercise. And you learn some stuff. Like, okay. You learn how to do it. I think wrestlers have the strongest brains because the strongest minds, the strongest determination because that sport is so brutal. How the fuck? Is Muay Thai not huge? Yeah. It's so exciting. But you think that's boxing until mm. someone pops you with a double jab left hook. And throwing elbows and smashing and kicking yeah. legs. And it's amazing. There's guys that I will roll with that are weaker than me, smaller than me, and tap me every time I roll with them. And I'm a black belt. What's the practical use of jujitsu? Well, if you and I were in a fight, that, that would kill you. That, and third, if you weren't a fan of fighting, you definitely became one. What I call MMA, I, I call it high-level problem-solving with dire physical consequences. Ooh. I mean, Joe made us care about topics that we didn't even know we should care about. Like, do you think the rules are okay? Even to this day, I, I don't mind headbutts. He wants them to outlaw that sidekick to the knee. Trevor Whitman has designed a glove. His MMA glove is so superior, and it keeps you in a curved position, whereas the UFC gloves keep your hand stretched out, and you have to close it on purpose to make a fist. An elbow straight down is illegal. Oh, I see. Doesn't make any sense. There's a lot of bad judging. I think there's not enough judges. There should be at least five yeah. judges. It probably should be ten. No disrespect. But some of these people just shouldn't be judging. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. There's guys in there that are fighting for their life. They literally train for months and months. And some point, someone who literally doesn't even understand martial arts is giving these right. guys a decision. Like, you, you can ruin careers. You can take away win bonuses. Let's get into... We, we briefly touched on... Weight cutting. It's sanctioned cheating. Yeah. It's sanctioned cheating. Absolutely. And it's cheating at a much higher scale even yeah. than PEDs. I just don't think it's good for anybody. I don't think it's good for the athletes. I don't think it's good for the sport. I don't think it's good for anybody. It's just an old way. Why do we keep hearing about the underpaying stuff? I, I made, what, $14,000. Is that what you made to fight for the world title at 135? Yes. That's, well, it's, it's, it's all public record. So. God damn. Um, and then that's why that's I depressing. fighters would be certainly better off if there was more competition. Are you familiar with with what's going on with Patreon? Yeah, I started a Patreon because, like yourself, Joe, I'm very passionate about MMA, but the UFC keeps demonetizing my content. That is so crazy. They're scared. They're scared yeah. of yeah. of complications. Yeah, I agree. You're you're a subscriber, right? Uh, I didn't want to fanboy out when I met you, but I'm a huge fan. Yeah, yeah. So if you really enjoy my content and you want more, my Patreon link is in the description. Oh, pull it up, Jamie. There's three tiers and for just a few bucks you get a ton of benefits including our private discord exclusive content your name in the credits of my videos and a lot more wow yeah you became a patron just yesterday right it was like the happiest moment of my life nice well even if patreon wasn't your thing i have 99 cent youtube memberships if you just want to support and get on the discord look how that is real dude uh, that's real yeah does that amp you up or what this was fun, but I got to finish this video and chat with my Patreon supporters. I'll catch you later, Joe. No, 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 don't go away. Don't go away. Ah.
the Joe Rogan experience may have put a spotlight on martial arts, but it also put more of a spotlight on Joe. The Joe Rogan experience was reportedly downloaded 190 million times in a month. Now, Rogan is under fire for some new comments from an episode this week. Misinformation scandals surrounding comedian and podcaster Joe Rogan. You see, as MMA became more mainstream and Joe's cultural influence became greater and greater, there were a lot more casual viewers becoming more and more aware that this new sport they enjoyed had a controversial commentator. Joe Rogan, who is a frequent spreader of COVID misinformation. I'm not trying to promote misinformation. Joe Rogan is now facing criticism. Backlash he has received over the spread of COVID misinformation on his podcast. Joe Rogan is now apologizing after videos resurfaced of him using the N-word multiple times on his podcast. I'm not trying to be controversial. His podcast, which elevated the sport, was now a stain on his commentary because of his controversial statements, guests, and opinions. If there's anything that I've done that I could do better is uh, have more experts with differing opinions right after I have the controversial ones. He wasn't just a lovable comedian or a guy making a show with his friends. He incurred a responsibility through his podcast that he never expected nor wanted. I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just talk to people and have interesting conversations. And his routine controversies have compounded with the MMA community's divided sentiment that Joe Rogan's commentary has declined over the years. Let's talk about Joe Rogan. I have to disagree with saying that Bisping is the worst commentator. Joe Rogan is a casual MMA. As of right now, I would have to give that title to Joe Rogan. Doubling down with some of the worst takes on the biggest podcast. Joe Rogan is shit at commentary. I just don't think Joe Rogan is in it like he once was. He understands the history of MMA much better than I do. Like compared to when he was doing it full time, he was so invested into the sport. But this current day Joe Rogan, when it comes to knowing about the current modern day UFC and modern day MMA, he feels like a casual fan. Because he's focusing on his podcast, his comedy. It just feels like his knowledge about the sport, the culture of the UFC, the fighters, what's going on. I don't think he has the knowledge. Joe Rogan needs to be fired from the UFC commentary team immediately, straight away. His commentary has got worse and worse. I'm so accustomed to people talking shit about me. I can read someone being really mean about me and I just go, <laughs> He's a brilliant guy. He does his homework and he knows what he's talking about. And guess what? This is America. And you can have your own opinions about these things and you can voice them. What I do as far as like stand uh, doing um, uh, commentary for MMA, there's might maybe 10 guys in the world that do it yeah you know that yeah, really do it on, on a high level maybe 10 guys yeah. if they don't think you really know the sport or really love the sport those two things are critical yeah, yeah. you have to really yeah. know it and really love it otherwise otherwise they're like Fuck you look joe rogan isn't perfect he's undoubtedly made a lot of mistakes mistakes that many of us don't stand by but the compelling thing about joe is that it is despite his many errors that we love him i've yeah. called over a thousand fights i've up a bunch of times. Oh man. We love what he's done to our sport and we love what he represents. He doesn't pretend to be perfect. You are not your past. You're you. You're you right now. Like the past you did, you might have done some things you wish you hadn't done. Don't dwell on that. Use it. Use it as fuel. But don't think that you're that person that made those mistakes. You're the person who's learned. And in many ways, his flaws are what make us connect and understand that for a lot of us, we are Joe Rogan. Most men live lives of quiet desperation. It's one of my favorite quotes ever because it's true. It's and I've true. been that guy. I was absolutely convinced that I was going to be a loser. Martial arts helped me with that, with that tremendously. I didn't know I wasn't a loser until I started winning. 
until I started doing martial arts. Because you're an actor on a sitcom. Are you fighting in an Ultimate Fighting Championship? No, or you no, no, I just interview the fighters. Because it was the first thing that I ever did where I didn't feel like a loser. Mm. It's like the first thing that I ever did where people like respected me and they liked me for it. Martial arts are a vehicle for developing your human potential. It literally is my favorite sporting event. It's my favorite thing to watch on television. I only watch one sport. What martial arts showed me was that if there was something that I really loved and enjoyed and something that gave me great satisfaction. I'm a huge fan of Ultimate Fighting, all mixed martial arts. Literally, I, I don't care about other sports. Your passion is true, it is unique, and it is sincere. And I dedicated my time to it. I could reap tremendous results from it. And it set the tone for my entire life. To have a guy like him behind the mic, he was very instrumental in helping uh, build the sport. Being able to just do what you enjoy doing, that's the real success of life. And I did all that shit again. It was all... Hey, you know, the nice thing about you being part of this today is that it's monumental for your return, but also because of your passion. Because truly, when it comes down to it, you are a huge fan of this sport. Just because it, I enjoyed it. And then that became my life. Thanks for watching. Thank you to my Patreon members. Become one yourself via the link in the description and subscribe because... He says, uh... What are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm quitting. And he's like, what? What are you going to do? I said, I want to be in the fight business. He said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> life, 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 life.